Hello, I am Griselda Togobo and you are listening to In Conversation With. This is a Forward Ladies podcast where inspirational female leaders share practical and simple strategies to help you win in the world of work. So today I'm delighted to have Scarlett as our guest. Uh, I've loved it from day one when I was watching The Apprentice. And I was gutted when she didn't initially get that investment. But now we know she's since gone in and gotten that investment. So we're so delighted to have her here, to hear from her, her, her journey, her story, and her next chapter. And to also inspire us as we go through the challenging times that we're all going in now. So Scarlett, welcome. Welcome. And thank you so much for making time for us. Oh, thank you, Griselda. I'm honestly really delighted to be on here. I'm such a fan of your platform. So thank you so much for having me on. Oh, fabulous. So tell us, how has life been treating you? What, in, in general? In general. <laughs> Do you know, I mean, life has been good. I cannot complain whatsoever. Um, obviously, the whole pandemic situation has been interesting, I think, for everybody. And We've just had to adapt so much, you know, with having, I've got two little girls and having them at home initially and trying to do homeschooling and trying to run a business and, oh, you know, that the whole thing was a lot of pressure, I would say. Um, but on the whole, very positive. So, so have you changed your approach? Have you gained a different perspective? What, what have you been doing differently? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we operate, basically, we place leadership talent um, across the world, but we, we did it predominantly within engineering. And of course, our kind of core markets were the manufacturers of aeroplanes and of cars um, and railways. And obviously, those industries have just been hit massively. So for us, overnight, 90% of our business just went and went on hold. And I have to be honest, that was a real shock to the system. Um, but what it made us do was think, okay, how do we diversify? So we've kind of gone more into energy and sustainable technologies um, and really looked a little bit more at our proposition, being able to incorporate a lot more flexibility, you know, flexible working for our team as well, which is something that we're passionate about. Um, and yeah, tried to try to get some schoolwork in there alongside that. Sometimes that was successful. Sometimes it was not. Homeschooling <laughs> is just be like, yeah, I know why I'm not a teacher. Um, we'll leave that to the people who have to the teachers yeah for sure for sure yeah so watching you on the apprentice and also reading about you after the apprentice i realized just what a resilient person you are you've had an easy life you've had a lot of knockbacks a lot, a lot, a lot of backs. But I think a lot of people have had a lot of knockbacks. Now, I think now, coming from a probably a better place, I think it's all, it kind of, you know, it develops you as a character, doesn't it? And I think, if I'm honest, you need some resilience um, in life, actually, to just do well. You kind of need some knockbacks and you, you need those sort of things to happen. And I think that with my own daughters now, and I think, actually, I don't want things necessarily to be completely easy. You kind of, you need, you need that to give you a bit of grit. So, but yeah, no, it's not, it's not been easy <laughs> at all. So there are people going through pretty challenging times at the moment. You've talked about the business, 90% yeah. disappearing. It's been the same for us as well. Once yeah. it's just gone completely quiet. Um, we had a lot of clients in the aerospace sector as well in engineering. Yeah. And they they have taken a hit. So it doesn't even matter having those conversations at this point. Um, so talk me through when you have when you wake up and you get bad news 
how have you, what's been your process? Because you seem to have a, a consistent process of getting through these challenges. Yeah, I think you've just got to, you have to absorb it, take it in, um, but then you have to keep it moving. You know, what are you going to do? How are you going to overcome it? Straight away, my mind is, how do we overcome? How do we overcome? Because I honestly feel like, and I don't know if everyone else feels like this, every day there is some kind of hurdle or some some kind of event happening that we're like how do we overcome this and it's just keeping on going and working out a solution around it and i think if you can always think in that kind of way you know then you can keep moving forwards but actually you know sometimes if you're you're thinking about it too much and it's draining all your energy and you and i have moments like that as well don't get me wrong um but actually then you're kind of just sitting in the same space nothing's actually changing so it's what can we yeah let's take it in but what can we do to change that and I think I'm really kind of passionate especially I guess the older I'm getting I feel like actually it's really important that it's on us you know we can sit here and we can say and I'm very vocal about lots of things but we can talk about gender pay gap we can talk about um you know that, that actually there's not enough ethnic minorities within senior leadership positions or, or female talent I talk about all of those things but actually some of that is on us and some of some of it is that we need to empower ourselves to be able to make that change and I'm very kind of passionate about that and I think we have to take some responsibility as well yeah yeah i think for all ladies we are all about responsibility because we're we not in the business of making life easy for people and yeah. to discrimination i think we all want to do our best to um just make people know that we are we're available for the next step and for the next opportunity yeah so you put yourself on a global scale on a national scale on national tv and i know a lot of women shy away from putting themselves out there um, and they yeah. do that for a lot of reasons. So the, criti the criticism, the, 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 the discrimination, you know, the, the abuse that women tend to get. Yeah, yeah. So how did you decide that, right, I think I'm ready for The Apprentice, I'm ready for a national platform. And how did you cope with all that came after that show? With it. Do you know, I'll be really, I'll be really honest, because I think it's important to be tr as transparent as possible. So I... Um, had a very very different kind of background so I was in a long-term relationship I had two children as well very young and actually a lot of the life that we lived and the relationship that I was in um, meant that there was a lot of control and there wasn't um, an opportunity certainly I wasn't that interested to be honest but to have social media it was a very um, quite insular the life um, so actually for me to then even sounds ridiculous probably to normal people but to, for me then to even have I don't know WhatsApp and then have social media and then certainly be on the TV that transition has probably only happened over the last 18 months um yeah 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 so it's completely different I, I actually remember kind of going into my first professional role and they wanted a picture on LinkedIn we had to go on LinkedIn because I'm in recruitment makes sense and I just thought I can't put a picture of myself on LinkedIn like it just felt really exposing and I just had come from a place where certainly that wouldn't have been the case and I remember instead trying to get around it with my employers at the time and thinking how can I get around this because I don't want them to think I'm being funny you know so I was like I'm gonna put Amelia Earhart on there because she's you know the first female within aerospace to fly a plane and I kind of got around it like that. And they were just like, okay, if that's what you want to do. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, you know, there's been so much growth. So 
yeah. I suppose in answer to your question um and then what what actually happened was I you know I love the apprentice and I was just thinking oh it's a really good platform for the business so I you know you kind of have a different objective in mind rather than thinking oh it's huge you know it's exposure for me personally but I was thinking oh it's a great platform for the business how incredible um and then what happened was was my um ex-partner uh, my children's dad um was in prison he's he was in prison for a long time um that's a whole nother story and um and actually for me to go on the show they kind of needed to check some things with him and his his background and so forth as well and I think I just felt at that point, actually, because I was, you know, half and half, I was thinking, oh, should I do the show? Should I not? I've got a business, I've got young children, you know, obviously, it's an amazing opportunity, but you're balancing all these different things. And I think at that point, when I felt like, oh, they need to do these checks, and it's can I even go on the show because of the, yeah. the background and so forth. And I just thought, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. And that was kind of the push. Yeah. And I just thought, no, I'm not going to continue to have this, this story, you know, as to what it's been. And I thought, no, I am going to do it. So I didn't, when they kind of were able to approve it and it was all fine, I then, there wasn't kind of a doubt in my mind then because it annoyed me a bit. So I was like, I am going to do it. Um, so, so that's basically what happened. So I probably didn't overthink some of the other things that maybe other people might do going on there yeah because it takes a lot of courage to to know that you had the story that a lot of us keep hidden from everybody yeah. but to be okay with that coming out and to decide that the goal and the vision you were going after was much more important than yeah the yeah. that you you might have had in your cupboard and i think yeah. that's amazing to hear because yeah a lot of people are being held back by things like that. What if this came out? What if people found out about that? And I think, don't get me wrong, I think it takes a while. And I think there was a period at first, you know, when he was first, because it's my children's dad as well. So you're naturally it can be quite embarrassing. And oh, you're thinking about children. But actually, I decided that, you know, that scenario wasn't really reflective of my children. It's not really reflective of me. And it is, it's just, a, it's a difficult, you know, I've got views on that as well. It's a difficult situation, but I thought actually it's always better to be honest with the children, which I always was. And then you become okay with it. And then you think, well, it is what it is. And I think sometimes it's better to just live in your truth. There's so many other women going through that. So many other families that are impacted by that, that can relate. And yeah, okay, it feels a little bit taboo, but actually it's a lot of people's realities. And, and I just think that story does not define you. That's an element of your life and an element of what you've gone through. There's so many other things to come. And why should that stop you from doing all the things that you want to do and the things that you're passionate about? Um, and in many ways, I think it equips you even more. Gosh, that's such a refreshing view. Thank you so much. <laughs> and for making it okay for us to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of women permission you know yes last night i went on a call in my pajamas because <laughs> i knew that i was going to be in bed no matter what and if i did not join this call i wasn't going to join it but i needed to join this call so i went to my pajamas and one of the ladies after the call said you just gave me permission that i could have also come on this call in my pajamas because i yeah. really needed to be in bed but i don't know why i'm sat here in the living room in this cold freezing room wearing you know, a jumper and all that. I said, yeah, but you do what you have to do, you know, yeah. be you. And I love that you're, you're, you're saying all that and you're, you're a, such a strong advocate for it as well. So thank you so much for thank doing it. <laughs> so the other thing I also wanted to know is that it's very recently. So watching The Apprentice, the two of you battled it out. 
you weren't selected, which I was gutted over. Uh. <laughs> I was. Um, because, you know, you, 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 you become really emotionally invested in the country yeah. and you have your person and you want your person to win. And, you know, that was it. But then following The Apprentice to see that Alan Sugar has subsequently invested in you, I think that in itself is such an inspiring story. And I wondered if you would share about that journey as well. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, Karina, who won the show, excellent. Um, so, you know, kudos definitely to her. Um, but there's no doubt about it. I was really disappointed. And I think I felt like, you know, I give them my all and I felt like I'd done really well in my in my mind anyway you know done really well week on week and it's really disappointing um and I couldn't I couldn't hide the fact that I was like a bit gutted on the day when I found out and I thought oh I am but you keep on going and you keep moving forward you think great for the opportunity um and then what basically happened was you know Lord Sugar was really complimentary which was amazing and then he just continued to keep in touch with me um and wanted to find out more about the business and wanted to talk further and sort of gave me an indication that he was interested um, pretty early on really um in being a business partner as well so that was that was really really positive experience and I think everything happens for a reason and, and probably in some ways I mean amazing we've you know got business partners with Lord Sugar we've had the investment from Lord Sugar which is incredible his team are great um, but it's probably enabled me and not having that complete title of winning the apprentice yeah, yeah it's probably enabled me to be to kind of pursue some of the other things that are passions for me as well without thinking oh hold on I'm the, you know should I talk about that or should I not whereas now I just think oh I'll just talk as long as you know I'm conscious of my own business and my children you know the normal things but I think no, no I will talk about those subjects um so no I, I think it's worked out absolutely the best way so what have you learned from that whole um, experience? Some people oh. say never, never do that show, never. And others say, well, I think it's a positive experience and you sound very complimentary about it. Do you know what? Honestly, it was an absolutely fantastic experience. It was absolutely brilliant. And I think it just enables you. A, a few things I kind of learned about myself, to be honest. And I thought, you're you honest, you know, you're in some... Test testing situations. You're around some people that are incredible and some people that are very testing as well, which is life, you know. Um, you have to get ready in 20 minutes. I mean, that was more mind-blowing than any of the tasks that I did. <laughs> like, this is so stressful. Um, but yeah, no, it kind of it, it taught me, you know, to I suppose it gave me the opportunity as well to push yourself outside of your comfort zones. And actually, sometimes you're good at things that you never, ever thought you were good at because you've never even tried it. You kind of stick in your lane. And you're like, I'm a recruiter and this is what I do. And this is and then you're sort of marketing something. You're like, oh, I actually really enjoyed that. I really I really like that element or I really like this element. So that was good. Um, and the other thing that I realized as well. And it probably is because some of the circumstances that I suppose I've, I've been through um, in my own life was I realized I react quite calmly in these yeah. situations where people are like, oh my God, you know, it's the wrong color. And I'm just thinking, I mean, the perspective of this, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what the stress is. So I didn't even realize that about myself. And people kept saying, because you're so calm, you're so calm. And I was like, really? But actually, yeah, I hadn't, hadn't realized that. So yeah, it was a learning experience as well for, for me, for me, I suppose, as well, yeah. Yeah, fabulous. So tell me about the business and the, the, the recruitment. Um, we know, sadly, a lot of people are getting let off now, and there are industries that are also recruiting. What yeah. advice do you give people who are looking to step into leadership roles at this time? And what should they be telling recruiters? Or how should they be preparing? 
do you know I really I really think it's all about how you pitch yourself mm-hmm. so I think absolutely you've got to have you know the relevant kind of experience and expertise but I would just say really think about how you pitch yourself and I don't want to generalize here but I would say especially females um because what I tend to find and you know again this is a generalization but I speak to people day in and day out and often when we'll speak to for example our male candidates they'll talk about I don't know 80 90 percent of the things that they've done this and I've done that and this is how I've done it and they you know they really can sell themselves on the 90% they've done and then often the female maybe won't have done 10% of that job spec specification and she'll often talk about that 10% and be like oh well I haven't done that 10% but I have done this but the 10% I haven't done and if you were to listen to that as an interviewer you would go with a male candidate because you just think it's not that you're trying to be biased you say oh he knows he, you know he's he knows more what he's doing and I think that that's um Again, this is a sweeping generalization. This is not all. Um, but I think it, for, for us, especially as, as females, it's really kind of focus on the things that you can do, that you have done. Um, where are you pitching yourself and be really vocal and say, look, I'm looking to be at director level in this period of time. How do I need to get there? The salary market for my position is 40K. I'm sitting at 30K at the moment. I need to be pitching myself at 40k because that's in line with the market um so those are kind of the, the tips that I would I would suggest fantastic and what about negotiations since you mentioned it yeah what, what advice do you give about negotiating in this time because I think employers have you know everybody knows things are quite tough and I think some employers will take advantage of that and say you know it's, it's a difficult market so we can only pay so much, but but there is also room for growth within that that salary range. So there's always, yeah, there's there's always room for growth, but you need to talk about what's your value. So negotiate when you've done something good. There's no doubt about that. I think we all know that. Go in there when you're kind of on a high from doing something, but really talk about what your value is. And then to take it further. So I don't know, I generate X amount of leads a day. And for the business, this generates X amount. And then you're asking this amount versus how much you'll bring into the business. You're in a strong negotiation position. Um, But I think taking your point about the pandemic at the moment, there's no doubt about it. A lot of companies are making a huge amount of cuts. Some people are having to do two people's jobs. And I think you're going to have to balance out whether actually you're going to stick with that employer because you believe in them. Um, And then you're hoping in the future that you'll be in a better position to sort of negotiate and have that promotion. And, uh, you know, I think there's a place for that. Um, Or whether you think actually now is a prime time that I can go in and I can look for something different. Um, And if that's the case, again, be really very clear with kind of where you're wanting to reach and why and what your value is when you bring to a company. Because when we speak to candidates, honestly, they will achieve in terms of salary between the bracket that the company have set and what they've asked for. That really is it. So if you're asking for here, you're going to achieve, you know, that is the reality. So um, so you need to kind of pitch your stall a little bit higher, but obviously make sure it's, you know, there's, there's a realistic reason behind that. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's because people don't have visibility of the pay skills and what other people are earning. It's not information that's shared readily at work. You know, everybody yeah. keeps their pay information very secret. Um, the companies don't want that information shared for obvious reasons. So how how do you help some of the candidates to find the best market value to yeah. negotiating from? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think in general, you can have a look at maybe that's, you know, like 
normal sort of big name job sites, you'll be able to see market comparisons. So I'd suggest going and doing that. Um, and if you're working with a good search agent or a good recruiter, they should be able to gear you in the direction because we know if we're recruiting for a head of engineering or a managing director position and you're speaking to 100 different managing directors within the same field and skill set, you can give that candidate an indication and I often will. I often will, especially if we feel like the candidates undersell themselves, which isn't always, but it's often females. Yeah. And it's saying, look, I'm just letting you know. And FYI, you're sitting at £35,000, I don't know, £60,000 a year. And actually your counterparts are sitting around £80,000 a year. And they're like, really? Yeah. So, yeah. We, we need to do our homework. So that, that's the message. So tell me now, so we've covered some of the skills you use in your work. Now, being an entrepreneur and making that big decision to leave a comfortable, secured salary yeah. while being a single mom. Yeah. I mean, talk me through that because a lot of people may be facing redundancies. I know some people are seeing, you know, starting their own business as a means to an end. But I also know, having run my own business now for 10 years, that it's not as easy as it looks, even though the rewards do outstrip any work that you put in. Um, you need to go in prepared. And I'd love for you to share that journey so that anyone on the call who is thinking, this is what I need to do next, has something to work with. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's not easy. And I think... I think I always thought I was the boss. I think that was the problem. Sometimes that served me right and sometimes it has not. <laughs> um, very early on, I was like, I know I want my own business. And for years, I'll be like, what can I do? And I'll be trying to think of inventions, you know, and different things. Um, so I think that was kind of innately within me already. But what I did was I went on and worked for these big corporate businesses. Um, and there was a few things I identified. First of all, some, you know, a couple of the, the big corporates that I worked for were absolutely fantastic. You know, gave us great opportunities, great mentoring, leadership opportunities. Um, but I identified very, very quickly that generally, you know, they're dominantly male environments, um, that generally there was no one at the top that looked like me or was from an ethnic minority or a dual heritage background like me. Um, and generally there, there wasn't, I mean, things have changed now, I have to say things are changing, but there wasn't great flexible working policies or anything like that. You know, I, I had two young children, I was working from seven till seven um, with the great support of my mom. And I just, went in and I got to a point and I just I was doing the best in my division bringing in the most revenue everything and I thought right I'm in a good position to negotiate I'll go in and I'll <laughs> I'll say I need a bit more flexible working like I need to see my children sometimes you know in the week before not just an hour before bedtime that kind of thing and um and the, 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 one of the managing directors at the time, really great guy, young family yourself, and said, you know, look, Scarlett, we can reduce your lunch break from an hour to 30 minutes. And I just thought at that time, oh, I'm going to be here doing this for a long time. And because I'd had my children young, they're getting older. I'm only still young, but they're getting older. And I'm, I feel like I'm on this catch up race and I'm like I've got to make things happen quicker I was like I need to buy a house like I can't sit in this role for five years because they'll be moving out of the house soon so I'm like I've got to make things happen quicker for me because I'm already a bit on the back foot here 
Um, so they were kind of big drivers. And then I felt like I'd gotten to a certain point and thought, no, I'm going to, I want to do this basically. And actually what I did was I actually did a stepping stone and I went to a much smaller business with somebody that I'd worked for before that wanted me to work with him for a long time. Um, and at first it was really positive, you know, in a more senior position, we were growing a small team. Um, and then it unveiled that things perhaps weren't quite as they seemed and actually our viewpoints on things and where we wanted things to go from a business perspective wasn't quite in line. So I thought, no, I'm going to leave the business. Um, but what that meant was it, it put me under huge pressure, actually, because I just bought my first house and um, I basically had three weeks. I knew I had three weeks of money in the bank because I bought the house. So all my savings had gone into the house um, to basically set up my business and make get, get some money in and if not I'd have to go back into kind of corporating you know corp the corporate world um, and that's what I did and within within two weeks I managed to bring in some business um, and that's how basically that's how Harper Fox Partners was started and it was up all night till three o'clock in the morning building the website building the proposition you know all in um, I just you know and I had two two children everything no you know no no support all pressure on me and I just thought no like I felt like now was the right time and I thought I'm just gonna go for it and and I and I did and I'm not sure what the switching point was actually but I just felt like no I'm gonna do this and I felt passionate about the different elements that I wanted to kind of bring to market wow yeah and people who are single moms and you know they're trying to do this they have businesses on the side they're trying to transition and because they feel it will give them more time with the children. It's, yep. it's that playing catch up that you just described. And, and they're finding it really tough um, because there's only so many hours in the day. And um, so, so you, you found it easier to not have a full-time job and to focus exclusively on the business rather than trying to do both. That's what I did. But that was because of my circumstances. My advice to someone else would be, <laughs> set it up on the side and, and start to build on the side um, and it makes sense to transition over but I went kind of all in because I knew really I only had that window of opportunity and then if I committed to another employer I need to commit to them it's only fair to do that so I knew really there was a very small um, yeah small window of opportunity. So I know you're all listening in and you may have lots of questions for Scarlett. So if you have any questions, you can type it into the chat box and I will read some of them out. Um, she will, she said she's happy to take any questions. And um, one of the reasons why we do this live is for you to have the opportunity to engage with our guests. So if you have any questions at all, feel free to type it into the chat box and I will read them out to Scarlett. So Scarlett, let's talk about leadership and learning to lead. Yes. All that you've been talking about so far, you, you, my impression that I'm getting is that you were quite sheltered, laid back um, in a bubble almost. Um, and then all of a sudden you made some decisions that changed everything. And, and then you had a business and then you had a team and you're now placing people in leadership roles. So what are some of the brilliant qualities? What are the qualities you've seen, um, ad you've admired in other leaders? I like innovation, people that do things differently and think differently. Um, otherwise, you know, everyone's just doing the same old and that doesn't really appeal to me. So I think doing things differently and being authentic to yourself, 
be authentic, just be yourself. And you know what, if it's for some people, it is. And if it's not for others, it's not. But I, I think those are actually really nice leadership qualities. Um, we looked a little bit actually um, internally um, at servant leadership, which is quite an interesting concept. Yeah. And about kind of serving your team and trying to uplift your team. And I think that's something that that's actually really important to me personally. Yeah, I, I, I think authenticity is such an important thing. I, I, it's a word we are all throwing about. And I think we use authentic leadership quite loosely. But to see somebody actually live it out on a day-to-day -day basis is still quite rare. Um, because I think a lot of leaders are still caught up in that mindset where they want to look perfect and like they have all the answers. But we know they don't. I mean, the pandemic has shown us that nobody has all the answers. And um, yeah, it's a quality that we, we all admire in people now because there's just so little of it now. So we've got so many questions coming in. And there's a question from Marcella about what advice would you give someone trying to do something new and step out of their comfort zone? Um, I would say if you believe in it, make sure you believe in what you're doing um, and either go for it, or if that feels like it's too much, do it kind of incrementally. Set yourself small kind of small goals that you're you're still heading in that direction, but it feels more manageable. Yeah, that's a brilliant one. And, and what I would add to that is that I have managed to make some changes over the pandemic, and I can nail it all down to the people I've surrounded myself with, because I find that when you're in a group yeah. of uh, of fit people who exercise over time it wraps off and you also want to exercise and um, if you're in a group of uh, moms who like to cook setting exotic cuisine over time you feel like that's what you need to do so I, I i have found that over the pandemic the communities whether it's online or offline that we place ourselves in really affects what we feel we're able to do so if you can place yourself around people who are constantly stepping out of your their comfort zone you will find Marcella over time that it feels natural to you because you see people doing it all the time. So true. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so true. Sophie saying, have loved hearing from you, um, Scarlett. What advice can you give for a startup business run by women to get new clients without prior connection to the brand or business? So how do you, you know, generate new business if you're a new name and no name on the market? I think you need to get yourself out there make sure that your proposition is right and be clear in the things that you stand for and you want to be known for as a business. Um, and also how might that impact or benefit the people that you're trying to target and as soon as you've got that piece right, then you need to look at who you want to target and why or what companies you want to target and why. And then I would suggest going to them and telling them exactly why you're targeting them why and what benefit you're going to bring to them. Yeah. Sophie, does that answer your question? Yeah, fabulous. So Amy has a question around imposter syndrome. I think every time you have a call, there's always a question around imposter syndrome. And, and um, apparently it's a, a hot topic in the freelance community. Um, we all feel imposter syndrome. So how have you dealt with your imposter syndrome? <laughs> we all find out. <laughs> 
Do you know what? I think there's imposter syndrome in every kind of walk in life, wherever you are. Sometimes I think, do I fit in here in the boardroom? Sometimes I'll be thinking in the prison waiting room, do I fit in there in the baby group? Do I fit in there because I'm not I'm not at the school every day like the other mums are? I think you can have that in every walk of life. But I try and give myself perspective. And I was, because I'm such a saddo, I was looking at... Um, <laughs> I am. I was looking at um, kind of looking at, at some sustainability things and stuff about human development the other day, just to give you perspective. And they're saying, actually, in millions of years, we're probably not even going to be here. So I would say when you're having that moment and you're thinking about imposter syndrome or you're doubting yourself, the reality is we really do only have a short time here. So I think try and let it go but people are more interested in themselves and in what other people are doing half of the time anyway and just go for it if it feels right for you and it feels good for you try and sort of push yourself out a bit further and go for it yeah I, and i think sometimes we 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 don't want to feel bad feelings um so you don't want to feel like an imposter you don't want to feel overwhelmed you don't want to feel the pain of trying to do new things but it's that pain that brings the growth Yes. So if you never feel like an imposter, it means that you're never trying anything new. So yes. it's learning to be comfortable with those feelings and, and, and working through them and working despite of them. Um, you know, the pandemic has made all of us realize that actually you, you can wake up feeling really terrible about yourself and being afraid because of all that's happening. And, and it's okay to feel like that, but it's not okay to stay in bed the whole day because it's not going to get any better. Um, you need to get up. And as Scarlett said earlier, just keep moving. Um, and that's what we need to learn to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So, so we've had, um, Jazz is saying that her daughters loved you on The Apprentice. I, I, you oh, came across you. so well on the camera. I mean, I have hang-ups about being on camera. You know, I, I don't like seeing myself on camera. I don't like hearing myself on camera. Um, was that an issue you had at all? Yeah, I mean, some of them angles, because I was like, oh, my gosh. But you know what? Do you know, it is what it is. I, I, it is what it is. I think it was more of a shock because I'd go outside because I'd watch it on the TV and I'd be like, oh, gosh, you know, and you go outside and then you forget other people can see it too. And you're like, oh, my God, you've saw it. You know, you've seen it as well. <laughs> I think I do live in my own little world. <laughs> so, but I just... Oh, I was just myself. So I think if it's for you, it's for you. And if it's not, it's kind of, it was who I am. So. Fabulous. So Jay has a question around perfectionism, wanting to present everything perfectly before going to market. So you want your website to be perfect, your copy to be perfect, your team to be perfect. Skylar, what do you have to say about that? That's not... It's it's listen, I, I, yeah, I am a perfectionist too, so I can totally, totally relate to that. But you know what? It's always work in development. And sometimes something that I thought was looking perfect 12 months ago, I look at it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to update. I mean, at the moment, Amy, our marketing manager is fabulous. And I'm like, we need to update our whole website. Why did I think this was a good idea? And now we're updating it. Also, it's, it's an ongoing growth, as you talked about. So I think you put out there you know, obviously things that you're comfortable with and you think are a really good standard. Um, but I think you're going to probably have to accept that that's an ongoing journey um, of trying to get it to, to that level. And sometimes it's about putting things out there that perhaps aren't quite perfect and learning from them and seeing what engagement you get or you don't get and thinking, oh, that was really rubbish, actually, and doing it differently next time. That's all part of the journey. Yeah, I think we have hang-ups from school, isn't it? 
you have to prevent uh, present a perfect assignment and when you present a perfect assignment you get top grades but then yeah. life is not like that life is not about answering all the questions right it's about effort and yeah and I, I think it, I, th I think it's from every kind of remit I, I don't know if you feel the same pressure but I feel like as a woman I'm meant to be an amazing mom I'm meant to be like an amazing um partner I'm meant to be this wonderful businesswoman I'm meant to look really nice all the time I'm meant to dress like this I'm meant to do it's not possible to do all of those I've got to cook as well you know it's, it's not <laughs> it's not possible to do all of those things and it's probably accepting what we can be you know and what makes us happy i think what makes you happy yourself actually is probably more important but yeah i think you're absolutely right yeah i i i think i've given up trying to be the perfect woman because they do exist i think if it's it, no there's it's no, not possible no no i think we need to give ourselves permission to just be ourselves and if yourself is being Martha Stewart and cooking perfectly, having the most beautiful kitchen, then do that. If yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, if yourself isn't that, and you know, you have to get some um, supermarket dinners once in a while, and you know, do do you? I think we yeah. we, we think there's a standard of living that we all have to subscribe to, and there isn't. Yeah, that that is that is why I'm another reason why I'm so passionate about diversity. Because I think when you see how other cultures live, other people live, um, there isn't a one size fits all, you know, and we need to just give ourselves permission to be a bit different from the standard, the standard woman's life, if there's anything like that. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. And I, and I think often we're a product of our environment, aren't we? So yeah. we think we should do things like this. I've been brought up to do things like that. I've saw friends, uh, you know, I've seen friends doing things like that. But I think that is when it comes down to thinking, well, what do I, what do I actually want to do? And what's good for me? Or what's good for my family? Or what's good for my business? So Jessica has a question around making a decision to leave her current company. Um, she doesn't feel there's uh, anywhere else to go um, from the world that she's in now. And what advice would you have to give her? Yeah, I'd say a couple of things. First thing I'd say is, have you vocalised that to your seniors? Um, sometimes, you know, what can actually be the situation and what is coming next and the business is doing next, that might change things. So I would vocalise that and say, look, this is really where I want to be. Is there an opportunity for me to be that within this business? How might I go about that? That's the first thing that I would recommend you do. Um, and then secondly, of course, start to explore the market, look at other positions, maybe connect with some really good um, recruiters within your field um so they're on your radar and you're on their radar um that would be kind of key recommendations and start to have a look around as well yeah i, I think most of us hate change um you know the idea of leaving your job when there's nothing wrong with it it just sounds like oh i have such a great boss and they pay me so well um but i always tell people that when redundancies come you know i did some research a few years ago and women tend to bear the brunt of any redundancies um, because we tend to be in roles that are easily made redundant. So well, be looking, yeah, low paid work. So you should always be looking for your next opportunity, whether it's internal to the company or not. Um, yeah. and, and if your company is run by fantastic people, they will know they need to value you and take better care of you. So do what you have to do to achieve your goals. And, and don't feel beholden to anyone because the best, the best leaders are okay with people moving on. They do their best to keep you, but they know when they don't have anything else yeah. to offer. Me too. 
yeah and it's healthy as well it's healthy for the business it's healthy for the person so it is it is that balance yeah so Naomi has a question about investment so other than the money you've raised with Alan Sugar um do you have any experience raising investments and um how can we get more women involved with that Gosh, you've got five. Yeah. So we, we're having a we're having a slight internet con connection issue. Is that any better? Yes, that's fine. Thank you. That's brilliant. I think. Did you say to me about investors' experience yeah. with raising investment? Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of personally, no, just with just with Lord Sugar and his team, um, which was quite a smooth process, to be totally honest with you. Um, we've worked with kind of VCs and, and PEs before and investors, but more for their own businesses. I still would think it's going to be the same thing, though having a really strong business plan, understanding what all your projections are going to be and remembering. And I think this is something really important that often there is no emotional connection. Um, with your investors so they are not amazed by your business proposition and your purpose for life they're more interested in what the numbers going to be and when they're going to get their investment back and how much they're going to get that is often the reality and don't be offended by that that is the reality <laughs> so keeping it more number centric and business plan centric and growth and centric and if that's the case then going out and actively looking at who could be potentially investing investors for you and it's quite an integrated network generally so even if you speak to you know one business or one person for example they often can refer you around to somebody else fantastic so sadly we are running out of time Skylar but we have one last <laughs> question we tend to end it on okay. an inspiring book um that you can recommend for the ladies to read it can be any book at all um, so what book are you reading now Okay, so um, at the moment, um, I'm reading a book from an American woman, businesswoman, pastor, actually she is, but she's got an incredible story called Sarah, ja Sarah Jakes Roberts. Um, and it's called Lost and Found. Oh, she's a mat, isn't she? Have you read Have you read any of her stuff, Grisada? She's I like, oh. Phoebe Jakes. I know her husband. So oh, his daughter oh my gosh I watch her speak and I'm like how can I speak like her so yeah she's absolutely incredible but she's had such a difficult story she was pregnant at 14 and all, all sorts of crazy relationships and she's built this amazing women evolve platform so she's an absolute inspiration oh fantastic so on that note, um, I'd like to thank you all so much for joining us. And uh, we will all like to thank Scarlett for being such an inspirational guest. Um, I love you on The Apprentice and I love you even more now. <laughs> you're so authentic and genuine and every, you know, you're so relatable. And I think the comments are coming through as such as well, because you're just so relatable. So thank you so much. Um, for everybody